the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello again and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you have found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants God requires to help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church, located in Los Angeles, California. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Take your Bibles and turn to Nehemiah chapter 12, Nehemiah chapter 12. If you're a guest here, we've been preaching through the book of Nehemiah. And how many of you, it's been a blessing uh, for you to go through all this. It's an exciting time to be in Jerusalem. By the time you get to chapter 12, after 130, 150 years of those walls lying in ruin, the walls are fully rebuilt. The enemies of God are quiet God's word has been preached. The internal economic disparity in Judah has been resolved. The commands of God have been reinstated. The people of God have renewed their covenant with the Lord. Chapter 11, the Jewish remnant is still intact. People have moved back inside the walls. The temple is completely rebuilt. The military has been funded. God's blessing is upon them. So by the time you get to Nehemiah chapter 12, it's time. Everybody say it's time. It's time to worship, which is exactly what God had wanted all along. The people of God walking in covenant with God with eyes and hearts focused on him. God's people, which is his ultimate creation, you and me, worshiping our creator God with clean hearts and clean hands. Our text today teaches us about worship. Worship is extremely important in life. All of us worship something. Worship is that which you hold most dear in your hearts. Whatever you worship, you become. What you worship and how you worship affects every other area of your life. And as we go through our outline today, I want you to ask yourself this question as we look at what happened in Nehemiah chapter 12 and how they worshiped. I want you to ask yourself this question, is this how we worship? Because this is how we should worship. So I have five actions of worship. And the first, write this down if you're taking notes, and I hope you are is that the first element of worship is to give thanks. That should be obvious to you. Anytime we gather together for worship, our minds should race to remember all the things that the Lord has done for us. 
If you have survived 2020, how many of you up to this point, year's not over yet, how many of you have survived so far? You're still here. Raise your hand. All right. That's because of the goodness of God. You're not here because you somehow outthought and outquit the COVID. Uh, you you outthought it, outtricked it. No, you're here because of the goodness of God. If you're still alive, how many of you are still alive? That's because of the goodness of God. How many of you yesterday, think back to yesterday, you had breakfast, lunch, dinner, you, you ate something yesterday, you've got something you're going to eat today and you're probably going to have some food tomorrow. If you, if you have eaten or are getting ready to eat, it's because of the provision of God. And if you're saved here today, if you were to kill over and die right now and you know in your heart that you would go to heaven, that's because of the grace of God. Well, we have a lot to be thankful for. Those people in Nehemiah's day had a lot to be thankful for. They, they had an incredible leader uh, by the name of Nehemiah. They were thankful for a heathen king by the name of Artaxerxes who allowed the Jewish people to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild those walls. They were grateful for the strength and the fortitude of the people to, with, to, to rebuild and to finish those walls. They were thankful for God's protection against all the opposition that they faced. And they were thankful that God kept the Jewish remnant intact. They had a lot to be thankful for. And so they come to chapter 12. They have this uh, service, like a worship service. I want you to look at Nehemiah 12, verse 27. It says, At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem, to celebrate joyfully the dedication with the songs of what? The songs of thanksgiving. The people of Israel chose in chapter 12 to remember all that God had done for them in their lives. And they couldn't help but sing songs of thanksgiving. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 that you and I as believers are to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will. Somehow a believer can look at any circumstance whether it's bad or good. And we, have, we can find something to be thankful for. The Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 4 that when you enter his gates, when you walked in the doors of this church, you should have entered into this auditorium with thanksgiving. When you enter his courts with praise, giving thanks to him and praising his name. That's just the way we should do things around here. Max Lucado tells the story of when he lived in Brazil, he taught at a university And one day while he was walking to that university to teach his class, he felt a little tug and he looked down and there was a little boy, five or six years of age, dark beady eyes. He he, he had a dirty face and he was begging for bread. Now, Max Lucado said that happened everywhere he walked and usually he would just keep walking, but he said there was something compelling about this little boy that he just couldn't turn away. So he said to the little boy, come with me. And they walked into a coffee shop, and Max told the owner, I'll take a cup of coffee, give the boy any pastry he wants. And Max walked down to the end of the counter to pick up his cup of coffee, thinking that the boy would get his pastry and run back out on the streets as most children did. But not this child. After he got his pastry, he walked down where Max was standing Max said he was there and he just felt someone staring at him and he looked down and this boy was just staring at him holding his pastry and he said 
to Max, he said, thank you. Thank you very much. Lucado said that he was so touched by that boy's thankfulness that he, was, he would have bought the boy the whole store if he had wanted it. He sat there for 30 minutes thinking about that child and how he came back to say thank you. And that's really what worship is, if you want to know the truth. When you come to church every week to worship, you're basically just walking in here just to say thank you to God for everything he's done for you this past week. Amen. The second definite act of worship is to dedicate oneself, to dedicate. And the word dedicate means to set apart. If you dedicate something, you are setting it apart to the glory of God. Most major cities in the ancient world were dedicated to some God, whether it be Apollo or Venus or some other god, lowercase g. And whenever you would approach that city, there would be a monument of that god. There would be a statue of that god, which in essence was proclaiming who it was that owned that city. But if you were Jewish, if you're Jewish, you're forbidden to make a statue of a god. So instead of making a statue or a monument, you would just dedicate spiritually a city to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which means that everything in that city was dedicated to Jehovah God with a capital G. In Nehemiah chapter 12, the people were conducting a dedication service for the walls of Jerusalem, which means what they were doing, they were dedicating everything that took place inside those walls to God that that entire city was dedicated to God, that the families that lived inside those walls were dedicated to God, the businesses that existed inside those walls were dedicated to God, the children that lived inside those walls were dedicated to God. Verse 27 says that the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication. They were They were dedicating these walls, yes, but they weren't just dedicating brick and mortar. They were dedicating everything, again, that took place inside those walls. Here at Shepherd Church, when we built this building, we had a dedication service in here. And we dedicated the walls, the building itself. We dedicated the platform We dedicated the the land that this building sits on. We dedicated everything to the glory of God. Now, we weren't dedicating brick and mortar. What we were dedicating was everything that takes place inside these four walls. Everything that takes place on this platform. Everything that happens on this piece of property, we were dedicating it to the glory of Almighty God. Now, we have what we usually have is what we call a worship service that lasts about an hour. You come here for an hour. And the mistake we make is when we think that we're dedicating ourselves to the Lord for this one hour. And that's not how it works. When you dedicate yourself or this church or the walls of Jerusalem, you're not dedicating them just for that one hour. What you're saying is that from that moment forward that everything that happens there will be done to the glory of God. And so that when we dedicated this 
facility to God. We were saying, as we come in here and worship week after week, we're saying, Lord, we are dedicating our lives. We're dedicating our marriages. We're dedicating our homes. We're, We're dedicating our present. We're dedicating our future to the glory of God from this point forward. For years, Gordon McDonald, he took the same bus every day from his house to the church where he served in New York City. And he was best friends or became friends with the bus driver after all those trips. And one day, the bus driver said to Gordon McDonald, he said, you know, pastor, you have it better than me. You, you have an interesting job. You get to travel and go to different places and do things. He said, I, I ha-, he said, I have to drive the same old bus down the same old streets in the same old city day after day after day. And Gordon McDonald looked at the bus driver and said, sir, you should see your job as a ministry. What you need to do is to dedicate this bus to the glory of God. Pretend that this bus is the sanctuary of God. Consecrate it and act like it's a place where God dwells. It will change everything about your job if you'll see it that way. Several weeks went by. McDonald returned from a trip. He saw the bus driver and the bus driver said, you were correct. You transformed my job, my perspective. Because now every morning before I get on this bus to drive, I say, God, May you dwell in this bus and may you open up doors of opportunity for me to serve the people that come in and out of this bus. And and now from that point forward, he saw his job from a whole new perspective. Listen, we dedicated this building to the glory of God. And worship is a weekly reminder. It's a weekly statement that my life, my family, my marriage, my business, my heart belongs to a holy God. Amen. Number three, worship is to celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. Celebrate. I mean, that's basically what a worship service is. You're saying thank you. You're dedicating your life, but you're also celebrating. And uh, I want to read some verses here in in verse uh, chapter 12. And 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 I'm actually going to come back at the end of the sermon and explain some of this. But look at verse 27 again. This is the third time we've read through this verse. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to do what? To celebrate. What's the next word? Joyfully. Joyfully. The dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with music of cymbals and harps and lyres. So it was loud. They were, they were celebrating joyfully. Look at verse 28. The singers, they had singers there. They were brought together from the region all around Jerusalem. They, they brought people in there to sing. Skip over to verse 31. He had the leaders of Judah go up on the wall. And I've not explained this to you, but when they rebuilt these walls, it wasn't like a two-foot wall. These walls were, we believe, because they've done archaeology work, we believe that these walls were like eight to nine feet wide. So you could walk up on them. And so what happens in verse 31, he had the leaders of Judah go up on the top of the wall. He also assigned two large choirs. Now, one choir or two choirs? How many choirs? Two. Are they little choirs, medium-sized choirs, or are they large choirs? Which is it? He had two large choirs that were assigned to give thanks. One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right toward the dung gate. Skip down to verse 38. It says that the second choir 
proceeded in the opposite direction, which I'll explain that later on. I followed them on top of the wall together with half the people past the tower of the others to the broad wall. And then look at verse 40. The two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God. Now, why do we sing? Why are, you know, people ask this sometimes. You know, some, some people have never, never go to church. They walk in here the first time. They can't figure out why do we sing? And the reason we sing is that we're celebrating. Well, what are we celebrating? We're celebrating that because God is good, even though oftentimes we're not very good. God, God never fails when we fail all the time. God is love, and oftentimes we're not very loving. We were, we were lost, but now we've been found. We were once blind, but now we see. That's why we celebrate. I'm convinced that church, at times, it should be like a party in here. Now, I've always had a little tug-of-war with the worship people. Now, now, how many of you like our worship? You love all our worship. Oh, they're, they're the best. But I will tell you, for 30 years, I've always had a tug-of-war with them. Behind, behind the stage. Because they're always wanting to sing... Uh, songs slow and quietly. And I'm always saying to them, faster, speed that song up. Let's make it livelier. It should be like a celebration in here. Why? Because we are here to celebrate a living Savior, a King who conquered the grave. That's why we're here. I've been to so many churches where there's no life and no joy. It was like everyone must have been baptized in dill pickle juice or something. Some folks come to church looking like they, they had to shoot Old Yeller this last week. I heard about a preacher once who said if he had to choose between joining a church or joining a funeral home, that he would join the funeral home because the, at least they smile every once in a while at the funeral home. You know, back when all the pandemic stuff has happened, it's all come down that, you know, Governor Newsom, he, he shut the churches down. And we're here today in violation of, of his mandate, which is not, it's, 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 it's not, some, some of you, some of you say, why, some of you get upset if I even mention his name. Uh, and, and, and it's like, you have no idea what we've done arguing with that guy behind behind closed doors you 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 just don't know what's happened and so so we are we are kind of fighting and uh you know he said he said first of all he said you can't meet right now we're not supposed to be meeting they come out every week i told you this they come out every week and find us every week they come for three months they've been coming out they find us five hundred dollars uh per service you can do the math they go to our other campuses and find us $500 every week. And we have to pay it, so we pay it. But we were talking, this, is, this was like, this is like, his people were talking to my people. Do you know what I'm talking about? We're actually on the phone with his office, okay? And he said, can't meet indoors. Okay, okay. Uh, can we meet outdoors? You can meet outdoors. 
She said, you can meet outdoors. I said, okay, okay, okay. Uh, but he goes, uh, this is on the phone, no singing allowed. No singing. His office said, no singing. I said, what? Even, even if we're outdoor, we can't sing? Yes, even if you're outdoor, you cannot sing outdoors. I said, okay, okay, okay. And then he said this. This is when I got, I wasn't mad until he said this. He said, he said, you can't quote the Lord's Prayer. So when he said that, that's when I got mad. Okay, but that, that's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So then I asked him this. I asked him this. I asked him this question. I said, what, what if we're outdoors and we have masks on and we're socially distanced? Can we sing? It's like a long pause. They came back and said, no, no singing, no singing. If you're outdoors, mask on, socially distanced, you cannot sing. He said that to us. Now, when I tell that story to people, and I just told it to you, some people get upset at that. They go, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe that you're not going to let us sing. You know what I thought the first time I heard that? That didn't make me mad at all. Saying I couldn't say the Lord's Prayer, that made me mad. But when he said, the churches cannot sing, and everybody got all upset about it, I thought, are you kidding me? People don't sing anyway. <laughs> we spend every week trying to get people to sing. We beg people to sing. We, we can't get people to sing. You tell, you tell us we can't sing is nothing. And I've done it. I've walked in here sometimes. I've peeked behind the corner. I've stood on the side. I've looked. And literally, about half of us don't sing anyway. Don't even sing at all. But when you walk into church, you ought to be so happy, so giddy, so excited. Like, we're going we're gonna to have a party. We're going to celebrate that Jesus is no longer in the grave. And the Bible says, even the rocks cry out the praise to a living God. Too many churches have become mausoleums for the dead rather than coliseums of praise for a living God. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Too many churches have become mausoleums for the dead rather than coliseums of praise for a living God. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Deep in the heart of every believer, there's a faint whisper, a call, a prompting. We go about our business and we hear it. 
We see and interact with lost people every day, and the whisper echoes again for us to share our faith and tell others about Jesus. And yet, we still resist. In his latest book, Compelled, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shares his earnest desire for each and every believer to be equipped with the good news of salvation. He encourages you with inspiring stories of men and women, young and old, who have accepted the irresistible call to share Jesus with everyone they meet. And he provides practical methods to overcome your fears and effectively articulate the message of salvation. Thousands of readers have already taken advantage of this incredible book, and now it's here for you. Compelled, the irresistible call to share your faith, can be yours right now for a gift of $15 or more to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as easy as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get Compelled, the irresistible call to share your faith on our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover for yourself the strength that awaits inside you to speak boldly to others of how Jesus Christ has changed your life forever. Don't hesitate. Call us right now and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's latest book, Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.